الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإنك لعلى خلق عظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن من أحبكم إلي أحسنكم أخلاقا أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم All suspected brothers and elders, mothers and sisters We discussed some aspects of good akhlaq previously This is a very important and fundamental aspect of our deen and such an important aspect that no matter how much we discuss it it would still not do justice to even a fraction of it and never can we ever imagine doing justice to a topic of this nature which encompasses in fact the whole of Deen in the Quran Sharif Allah wa ta'ala has given us great detail about various aspects of akhlaq. The Quran Sharif is a very concise book of principles. The Quran Sharif, if we think about it, is extremely concise. The ahadith of Rasulullah have the details. And this was part of the primary function of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah Taala says to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that we reveal this Quran Sharif to you, so that you may explain to the people the wahi that has been revealed in the Quran Sharif. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam will explain it. Therefore, the ahadith of Rasulullah have all the details to the extent that Sadah, which is the most important fundamental of deen after Iman, the first thing that is going to be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah, Sadah, the command of Sadah, Sadah has come repeatedly in the Quran Sharif, right from the beginning of the Quran Sharif, الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةِ Allah Ta'ala mentions those who establish salah in their lives as being those who are the muttaqeen. This is a salient feature in them. And then repeatedly in the Quran Sharif you'll find the mention of salah and the importance of salah and the warnings of those who don't perform their salah. That too has come in a way. But as fundamental as this obligation of deen is, the details of this is found in the ahadith of the of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, not in the Quran Sharif directly. The various salah, which time they will be performed in, there is some general mention in some ayat, but the specifics are in the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. How many rakats in fajr? How many rakats in fajr? How many in zuhr? How many in asr? Maghrib, isha? What is to be recited in the rakats while in qiyam? 
what is to be recited when in ruku, in sajda, in tashahud, how is the salam to be made, and various details, these are not in the Quran Sharif, they are in the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So the Quran Sharif is a very concise book of principles, but in the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa we find all the explanation. So when it comes to the issue and the details of salah, like, like, likewise with fasting, with zakat and hajj, these are the pillars of Islam. But you'll find the details in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa The fundamental command is in the Quran Sharif, the details in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa But when it comes to the aspects of mu'amalat, mu'asharat and akhlaq, these are the other three departments of deen, branches of deen. The five branches of deen, one is the imaniyat, the iman, the aqaid, and then is ibadat, which includes these pillars of Islam, salah, fasting, zakat, hajj. And thereafter is the aspect of mu'amalat, dealings, and mu'asharat, social life, and akhlaq, character. But when it comes to these three departments of deen, you'll find many, many details in the Qur'an Sharif. You'll find details about the rights of the neighbor, وَالْجَارِ ذِي الْقُرْبَى وَالْجَارِ الْجُنُبِ وَالصَّاحِبِ بِالْجَنْبِ وَابْنِ السَّبِيلِ That there are various types of neighbors, جَارِ ذِي الْقُرْبَى The near neighbor, and the neighbor who is a little distant, that's one meaning. And one is a neighbor who is a relative as well and a neighbor who is not a relative, but both have rights. And then, a person is traveling somewhere, for example, and somebody is sitting next to him. A person, for example, is in a class. There's somebody that sits next to him in that class. So now that person has rights also. The Quran Sharif is giving that detail, that these rights are the rights of people who are Sitting alongside him, these are the rights that need to be fulfilled. So, these are the important aspects that have been described to us in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi So We find that these are things that need to be understood and need to be practiced on. Because these are very fundamental things. The Quran Sharif is giving us these details. But, Unfortunately, very little regard is given to these fundamental aspects of deen. So we need to become familiar with this, and we need to understand what is the situation, and how we should be conducting ourselves in this regard, in terms of adopting the correct akhlaq, in terms of adopting the proper mu'amalat and mu'asharat, because these are important aspects of deen, which if a person shirks in, shirks in, then it is not confined to missing out on that issue alone. It can create such a situation that he'll lose all his ibadat on the day of Qiyamah. In the Hadith Sharif, it is mentioned that on the day of Qiyamah, people will come and claim their rights. They will claim their rights which were trampled in dunya their monetary rights, the social rights, various other issues that took place in dunya. Somebody was 
they were disregarded, hurt in some way, somebody's ghibat was made, various issues of this nature. So all those rights, on the day of Qiyamat now, people will come and claim, unless it was settled in dunya, unless there was some thing that was done to make amends, otherwise on the day of Qiyamat people will come to, will come to claim. And now somebody will claim that this person hurt my feelings by swearing at me, this person made ghibat of me, this person humiliated and degraded me, this person uh, took away my property unlawfully, this person did this, this person did that. So on the day of Qiyamah they will come and claim. But on the day of Qiyamah there's no rands, there's no cents, there's no dollars, there's no pounds, there's no euros, there's nothing. There's no gold and silver, there's amal, only amal. So now the person who wronged others, his good deeds will be taken and transferred to those who are claiming. That while you were wronged in the world, he swore at you, you take so much away. He took your one dirham. One dirham, one dirham is like a few rands. He took your one dirham away, you take away 500 accepted salah of his. Can we imagine the situation? One dirham, 500 accepted salah. He humiliated you, disgraced you, degraded you, spoke ill of you, did this and that. She did that and spoke in this manner and spoke ill of somebody, whatever. All those things now on the day of Qiyamah pay back. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us because on that day a person's amal to start off with how much do we really have and how much of it is accepted and then to be given away to others because we shirked in our responsibility in dunya what a tragedy. In any case, now all the good deeds will get dished out. And now when there's nothing left, and there are still people claiming. So now the person who is claiming, he will be told, okay, he has got nothing to give you. Where's your sins? You bring so much of sins of yours and put it onto him. He will, t- you lighten your load, and you pass it on to him. Now this is a very common thing, unfortunately, that people don't give much regard. They don't take care about how they conduct themselves. People do things that will harm others, hurt others, trample others' rights. I don't think anything about it. And the one simple thing we often do is we have some ta'wil, 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 some kind of interpretation, some kind of explanation with which we explain it away. We just, shaitan puts those whispers, those ta'wilat, those interpretations and explanations in our heart for our wrongs. And by means of those flimsy and baseless interpretations and explanations that we have for ourselves, we just wish away major problems, major sins, major uh, wrongs. We just wish it away. For example, we made ghibat of somebody and then somebody will correct us or even it comes to our mind, it comes to our heart that, no, no, this was wrong, I shouldn't have spoken, this is ill, speaking ill of somebody, this is making ghibat. We immediately have an explanation for ourselves. No, but I, what I'm saying is true and besides that, this person, this person deserves it, man. You can't uh, let this pass, this person, you need to just make sure he comes in his place. So now, we made one flimsy, baseless explanation for ourselves as if that explanation is going to save us on the day of Qiyamah. We 
degraded somebody, humiliated somebody, and then now somebody corrects us, or even comes to our own heart, that this was wrong, we have an explanation for it. Now this person, he needed to be put in his place, because he does this to everybody. So now it's time for him to also taste a bit of his own medicine. So did Allah Ta'ala appoint us to go around and give people medicine? That is a matter between him and the people who he harmed, and a matter between him and Allah Ta'ala. The people who he harmed didn't appoint us as the, angel, as the agent to go and take retribution on their behalf. But we will make such a, whereas what we did had nothing to do with what that person did to others. What we did was our own issue. We just were acting wrongly. But now we wanted to latch onto something, just to give ourselves some explanation. Or somebody, we will run the person down or do something, and then we have an explanation, well, this person did this to me or that to me, whereas what this to me, whereas what that was done was long ago, long ago, was all sorted out, was all, was all over, was done with, it was all settled. But now we need something to latch on to. So to find something and to create something, to fabricate something to latch on to is very easy. But is that going to stand in the court of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah? That's the big question. So what we were discussing is that in the Qur'an Sharif, we'll find details about akhlaq. Now part of akhlaq we have discussed the restraining of anger, hilm, forbearance, tolerance. So this is part of akhlaq and this is a very important fundamental aspect of deen. We'll find in the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala giving the virtue of those who restrain their anger. Where Allah Ta'ala speaks about the muttaqeen. Now we imagine taqwa is such a great part of deen and such an important aspect in deen. The whole month of Ramadan, the theme is taqwa. And here comes the aspect about the Restraining of anger in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala is speaking about the characteristics of the muttaqeen. And who are the muttaqeen? Allah Ta'ala says, الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي السَّرَّاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظِ وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Now the muttaqeen are being described, but their description in this ayat is all about their akhlaq. Now this is the details to which the Quran Sharif goes in highlighting akhlaq. That who are the muttaqeen? Alladheena yunfiquna fi sarra They are those who spend in ease and even in adversity. This is a very trying time for many people. Allah Ta'ala keep everybody's izzat. Allah Ta'ala grant afiyat to one and all. Allah Ta'ala grant barkat in each person's rizq. Allah Ta'ala grant every person halal and tayyib rizq. Save us all from every kind of trial, tribulation. But Allah Ta'ala says that these muttaqeen, they are people who spend in ease and in adversity. This is a part of akhlaq, generosity. That the muttaqeen, their hearts are filled with generosity. So they are people who are very, very much generous. And then, وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظِ They restrain their anger. Now this is part of akhlaq. That control, to be able to restrain anger. وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظِ that they restrain their anger. And, وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ They forgive people. 
they restrain their anger and they forgive people. And then further Allah Ta'ala says, Wallahu yuhibbul muhsineen. Allah Ta'ala loves those who are in, who make ihsan. Allah Ta'ala loves those who show kindness to others. Now what is this? It's all about akhlaq. Allah, Allah Ta'ala is describing the muttaqeen and the muttaqeen are these people. The muttaqeen, Allah Ta'ala says, have these qualities in them. Whereas primarily, primarily taqwa is all about refraining from sin. That is the primary aspect of taqwa. Obedience to Allah Taala. But on this occasion, what is being described in terms of the muttaqeen, that they are people of very high akhlaq. So it's obvious that the muttaqi will be somebody who will refrain from sin. He will refrain from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. But that alone won't bring him onto the levels of taqwa that are required. Rather, what is necessary is that that person should have very high akhlaq in him. Allah Ta'ala is describing these details about the akhlaq of the muttaqeen. They are very generous. They can restrain their anger. This is the strength that they have, the strength of akhlaq. They can restrain their anger. This is real strength. This has been described in the Hadith Sharif. Where Rasulullah says, لَيْسَ الشَّدِيدُ بِالسُرْعَةِ That a strong person, a strong person is not one who can wrestle somebody else down. That anybody who trains enough can do it. إِنَّمَا الشَّدِيدُ الَّذِي يَمْلِكُ نَفْسَهُ عِنْدَ الْغَضَبِ The strong person is the one who can control his anger. He is the strong person. That is real strength, the inner strength, the emotional strength. Otherwise, the physical strength, anybody can work hard enough to acquire it. But the emotional strength, people don't pay much attention to that. Whereas that is the real strength. That is what is being mentioned here. That the physical strength, mashallah, very good. Use it correctly. But more important than that, and far more important than that, is the emotional strength, the inner strength, the strength of akhlaq. So if a person has built up the physical strength excellently, tremendously, but he is weak emotionally, and his akhlaq is weak, then in shariat, in deen, he doesn't make it anywhere in terms of the ranking. People are very, very conscious about the ranking and where they feature into the ranks. But this is the real ranking, the ranking of akhlaq. And therefore, Nabi Wasallam, his ranking was given in the Qur'an Sharif. وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ You are on the peak of akhlaq, of good character. That's a ranking. He's right at the top. Nobody can even imagine getting there. But there's numerous ranks in between. And we have to aspire to achieve those ranks of akhlaq. So while the effort for other things should continue in terms of whatever the aspects of deen are, everything has to happen, everything has to improve, but the attention that is to be given to akhlaq is far greater. Because in the ahadith of Rasulullah wasallam, the Qur'an Sharif also we see so many places this is highlighted, and in the ahadith also highlighted to a very great extent. And in one hadith, Nabi wasallam says, the one who is most beloved to me from among you, is the one who has the best akhlaq. Now, who doesn't want to be close to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? 
Who doesn't want to become his beloved? Every mu'min, every mu'min has this aspiration in his heart. He truly, sincerely wants to be close to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Which mu'min doesn't want to be close to him? But being close to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is not just by lip service. And if somebody, mashallah, is reciting a lot of Guru Sharif, alhamdulillah, excellent. That too brings closeness to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa But at the same time, if the akhlaq is poor, Allah forbid we lose the Duru Sharif also because of the poor akhlaq. The Duru Sharif also will get distributed to somebody else. So sometimes a person gets into a deception. A person gets into a deception that mashallah I recite 5,000 Duru Sharif, 10,000 Duru Alhamdulillah, Summa Alhamdulillah, excellent. May Allah ta'ala give tawfiq of even more. But the deception, the deception is that since I recite so much Duru Sharif, so I don't need to bother much about other things in terms of my akhlaq, in terms of my mu'amalat, mu'asharat. Because mashallah, I'm reading 10,000 Duru Sharif. I'm reading five paras still out of the Quran Sharif daily. I'm making my ishraq, my kash, my awabin, my tahajjud. Alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah. Allah Ta'ala give even more tawfiq. And we should be trying to increase all these amal. But we fall into the deception that since I'm doing this, I don't need to pay too much attention to the other aspects of deen in terms of mu'amalat, mu'asharat, akhlaq. Whereas that is a deception. That if a person is doing some wazaif to a great extent, which in itself, mashallah, is excellent, then it means that he can shirk and be negligent of other departments of deen. That's a very serious deception. Mashallah, what good is doing is excellent. But if he shirks in these aspects of deen, he'll lose all that. Somebody else will take the Duru Sharif away. Somebody else will take the Istighfar away. Somebody else will take the Tilawat away. Somebody else will take the Tahajjud. That person probably didn't make Tahajjud in his life. He woke up in time for Fajr. Tahajjud was a very great ibadat. He lost out on Tahajjud. But then somebody was making ghibat of him. This person didn't make Tahajjud, but he'll take that person's Tahajjud. Somebody harmed, his, harmed him financially. He didn't make tahajjud his life, but that person who was in the first saf and making tahajjud every night, he'll take that person's first saf and he'll, he'll take his tahajjud also. So this is a very, very delicate aspect, very sensitive aspect, which unfortunately is taken for granted. By and large, generally, is taken for granted. In the sense that one is doing the wrong, crossing the line, other is, a person does some wrong, but then he is conscious of it, that this is wrong, I shouldn't do this. So then he feels some guilt in him, and he decides to now go and make some amends. And then it comes to the point where the person is doing the wrong, but has got an explanation for himself. Like the explanation we discussed, Taweel. Hazrat Mawla Masulullah Khan Sahib Rahmatullah very great Guzrug of our recent past, and a very, very great alim and scholar. So he used to say that this taweel, this kind of explanations that we make for ourselves and whatever else is taweel, this door of taweel is so big that if four elephants, you know, one on top of the other and walk side by side, they all will go through this door and they'll manage to fit in. So big and huge this door is. In other words, whatever taweel a person wants to make for himself, He'll find something. Because there is no uh, there is no limit to what ta'wil a person can make for himself. So 
So this tawil is such a serious matter that it deceives a person and it opens the door to wrong for him under the guise as if there is not wrong. It just camouflages the wrong with a very uh, glittery cover as if to seem that well everything is fine. But whereas it's not fine. So this is a very very serious matter that a person now just continues the wrong, especially in these aspects of mu'amalat, mu'asharat, akhlaq, harming people, and often those who are closest to us, we harm them, don't think anything about it, our parents, sometimes children, sometimes spouses, one another, sometimes siblings, sometimes others, and it doesn't cross our mind what we're doing. It doesn't cross our mind that we are going to be accountable for this. And we've got a ta'wil, we've got an explanation. And we have that in our heart that we are fine, everything is okay. But have we considered that will this explanation stand in the court of Allah Ta'ala? If yes, if we are 100% sure that it will stand in the court of Allah Ta'ala because we are clear, our conscience is clear, well and good. In the light of ilm, not just in the light of jahalat, jahalat. So we need to then take that to somebody, take that to somebody who has the knowledge, present it. That look, does this stand? Is this valid? Otherwise, in ignorance, a person will make everything correct for himself. So we resort to somebody who has that knowledge and ask their mashwara and guidance. This is the issue and this is why I think I am right. Is this correct? Why I think I am right, but is it correct? Or am I thinking, am I thinking it is right, but in reality, in reality it is far from correct? So then, obviously, that's going to be a big disaster for us. That we are engaging in something which is wrong, and on top of that, we are making some excuse for ourselves. This is the Stawil all about, an excuse for ourselves. That explanation, an excuse, and a baseless excuse, flimsy, baseless excuse. So the important thing is not to make these excuses. We discussed the situation of Sayyidina Adam wasalam, when he ate out of the tree which Allah Ta'ala had restricted him from, but he ate out of forgetfulness, he forgetfulness, he forgot. The Quran Sharif endorses this. فَنَسِيَ وَلَمْ نَجِدْ لَهُ عَزْمَ He did it in a moment of forgetfulness. He forgot he was not doing something deliberately wrong. But Allah questioned him, why did you eat from this tree? He didn't, res- he didn't respond by saying, I forgot. Because if he said, I forgot, number one, that will be correct. But it will be now presenting a sort of kind of uh, a defense that since I did it in forgetfulness, so therefore I'm not accountable. But what was his response? رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِنْ لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Oh Rabb, oh Rabb, we have wronged ourselves. Whereas he did it in forgetfulness. But he considered that, that Allah Ta'ala is questioning me, so I must humble, my, humble myself and I must not make any defense. No, no. Allah, I wronged myself. رَبَّنَا وَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِنْ لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ If you don't forgive us and don't have mercy upon us, we'll be losers. So, Sayyidina Adam والسلام, is teaching us this. They don't make excuses for ourselves we should rather be erring against ourselves on the side of caution. If we think we are right also, but there is an element of doubt, 
then we rather give the next person the benefit of the doubt. We're 100% sure about it, then too we check with somebody. That what I'm sure about, is it correct? So sometimes we are sure about something, but we don't have the knowledge to be sure about it correctly. One person was traveling in a plane, and somebody seated next to him was a Muslim. Now the food came around, so there was some meat dish that was now being served, and this person who was an Arab, and he could converse in Arabic, obviously he's an Arab, and he knew some ayat of the Quran Sharif, etc. So now he started consuming this food, this meat dish. So now the person seated next to him, he said to him that, look, I'm aware that this airline does not serve halal food. So it means that this food is not halal. So he immediately responded, Eat from that upon which the name of Allah Ta'ala has been recited. Now, he just read some portion of that one ayat. And he says, so I'm reading, I read Bismillah, I read Bismillah and opened this. I read Bismillah and I started eating. Allah Ta'ala says, what you read Allah's name on, eat from it. Now, he is so sure that he is 100% fine. He is eating halal. Why? Because he's got one, one thought in his mind. That, well, there's a Quran Sharif ayat there. But he, in his ignorance, didn't understand that this ayat refers to eat from that animal which was slotted correctly by taking Allah Ta'ala's name. A Muslim slotted it and he slotted it correctly and took Allah Ta'ala's name and it was slotted in that manner. Now you may consume it. Uh, he is saying now that animal was slotted long time ago. Anybody slotted it, however he slotted it. And now when I'm eating, I'm reading Bismillah says halal. Now this is his knowledge which is total ignorance in reality. But if he doesn't ask somebody of true knowledge and correct knowledge, he'll be wallowing in his ignorance. So we need to turn to those who have true knowledge and seek their guidance, seek their help and understand from them. So if we are sure about ourselves also, we don't take it for granted is right. We check with people of knowledge. And if they guide us and tell us, no, this is in order, well and good. But if they correct us, then we accept the correction. So likewise in the aspect of akhlaq, we were talking about making these excuses for ourselves, making these explanations and taweel. This takes us far back and the reality of this will be tragically opened out on the day of Qiyamat when a person, all those excuses will just fly into thin air and all that amal that was done now will get dished out to others. And the person will get left with the sins of others. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So therefore we need to make a lot of effort on our akhlaq, on our mu'amalat, on our mu'asharat, and all the aspects of deen. Our imaniyat, our ibadat. Deen is a complete package. Allah Ta'ala has given us that command, Enter into Islam fully. Not departmentalize deen. Certain things on, certain things off. No, no, total, everything. Whatever Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam have given us, we take it fully. مَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا Whatever Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has given us, we take it entirely. What he has forbidden us from, we refrain from it. Then we are on deen. So Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we improve our akhlaq, our mu'amalat, our mu'asharat, and all the departments of deen, and we become truly conscious of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. May Allah wa ta'ala guide us to His pleasure at all times. Allah ta'ala keep us 
steadfast on Iman and on Islam. Allah Ta'ala take us on Iman and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Iman. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله لا اله الا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله الله جل جلاله عم نواله الله 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 